Well, everybody, once again, welcome to the show that has no format, no jingles, it has no music, it apparently has no talent, it has no agenda. I'm Adam Curry at the Curry Condo in San Francisco. And I'm John Dvorak out here in the uh, Albany area of California. John, it's been a long week, man. For you. <laughs> I got to tell you, I'm so incredibly tired. This is about the last thing I can do. I'm supposed to do a, a Friday show for Daily Source Code. I just don't think I have it in me. It's just been too much. <laughs> it really has been. Well, yeah, you've been working, if anybody doesn't know, Adam comes out here, uh, you know, he's like the president of Pod Show, and he shows up, and he, they just work him to death. I mean, I load his calendar up as best I can, but I don't get that much in, but everybody else does, and he's like going up and down the peninsula, driving around, and the traffic around here, especially oh, this time of year, is dreadful. It is horrible. It really, actually, I had to go, this morning well, was I'm, pretty good around 8 a.m., but, <laughs> but that, was, uh, that was this morning. Well, I was going to actually go over to the office at noon, and it was stopped dead. I said, oh, I guess I might as well just work here. It was unbelievable how, it, it, and what, we talked about this uh, the other day. Um, there's something screwy going on in the San Francisco Bay Area because the traffic going into San Francisco during the commute hour when the, you should be leaving San Francisco. In other words, in the, in, the, in the evening when San Francisco is closing and everyone's leaving San Francisco, the traffic going into San Francisco at that time is usually worse than it is going out. And I, is it because everyone's living in San Francisco and they're working in Union City? I don't think so. <laughs> no, I, I know. No I know what it is. What I know what it is. Th those are all the people who live in the Tower of Death that I uh, look at here. Now, the Tower the of Death, nobody lives in there yet. <laughs> Not yet, but it's getting close, man. I'm looking at it. That thing's growing. So, um, by the way, wait, let's re tell people what we're talking about. And I'm going to have this on the blog, by the way. I've, I've been taking pictures of this thing constantly. Mm hmm. They're building a the tallest building in San Francisco, at least in terms of altitude, I believe. Wait, it's the tallest building west of the Mississippi. Okay, so tallest building west of the Miss Mississippi. It's a, an apartment building, condos, apartment, whatever. Yeah. And it's huge, and it's built right at the base of the San Francisco-Oakland Bay Bridge. It, it is an accident just waiting to happen. If there's any kind of an earthquake, even if it doesn't drop the building, if the building falls over, it's, it's, it's going to be horrible. But any other situation where the glass in that building Popped breaks out. and starts yeah. falling, the, the Bay Bridge will be closed for weeks because it'll just cover it. Yeah, and, and this is just one of two towers. They're going to build a right, second one. Right, they're going to have twin towers, which just invites nice. somebody to fly. Yeah, twin towers. Really nice, guys. Thanks. <laughs> Unbelievable. Mm. Anyway, anyway, anywho. It's a disaster. I don't understand how the city could have approved it to begin with. It used to be, but for people who come through San Francisco, it's sitting where the old Union Oil building used to be, which was right at the, when you get off the San Francisco Bay Bridge from Oakland. It was on the right-hand side. had a clock on it. Yeah, it was the, the Bank of America clock time. before they tore it down. And they tore down the building, and they built this atrocity. Yeah. And you were telling me that it has a bunch of water at the top. Yeah, some guy, uh, the guy who drove me from the airport when I came into town, he said that, and you can actually see it, there's a, a circular, you know, kind of like in Manhattan where they have those big water uh, tanks on top, so it's about that size. Of course, it doesn't look like Petticoat Junction the way it does in Manhattan, uh, but apparently there's some kind of honeycomb grid structure inside of it. They filled it up with water, and that is intended to counterbalance any swaying that would take place by extremely high winds or indeed an earthquake. I, I'm not quite sure how it works, but I guess someone thought well, about it's like it. It's like if you balance a baseball bat, if you put the heavy end up, it's oh, easier yeah. to... Yeah, it could be. 
Could be. But there's no big I, finger underneath moving around to keep it stable. I think I don't we know. should get some alligators into that water, some fish. John, I'm sure you've thought about something for our No Agenda program today. Yeah. The, to, we're at the week where the American dollar is now worth less than the Canadian dollar. Yep. Uh, this should be like front page headline news. It's, no offense to you Canadians out there. But over time, this is uh, humiliating. It's not just humiliating. Actually, in, in some ways, it's been good. I was just thinking, it's funny you brought this up as the first topic. Uh, we've been working for uh, quite a while now on a significant deal in Germany. And uh, we had a board of directors meeting. I don't know, when was that last uh, Friday or Thursday or whatever? And so the question was, you know, so what's the value of the deal? And between the time we started the negotiations, or actually started talking to them, and this board meeting, the value of that deal had actually increased by about a million dollars. <laughs> and the reason because of the falling because, because dollar. Of, because, of, because of the falling dollar, yeah. And, and that's a euro deal. In fact, um, I get a couple of uh, emails from people that uh, Gisela Bunchen, the supermodel, she has yeah. now requested that all of her modeling contracts be paid oh, right. in euros. Yeah. I mean, when you're Gisela Bündchen asking for euros, we're just steps away from oil being traded in dollars. I'm so, in euros. I'm sorry. Euros, we're, yeah. we're we're very very close to that point. And and all these countries are making noise about it and boy oh boy. I don't know if it's just me, but I'm I'm getting a little claustrophobic about this. Well, you know, it doesn't really affect anyone who doesn't leave the country. Well, that's not true, John. That's absolutely untrue. I remember living in the New York metro area. We left in 2000. And the tunnel toll was four bucks, and just two weeks ago they raised it to eight bucks. I mean, you know, I'm I come loaded with experience of what stuff costs from seven or eight years ago, and it's about lots of stuff is twice as expensive. So you you have to feel it. It's just inflation that exists. Yeah, they jacked up the price on the bridge. It used to be fifty. <laughs> you know, the the thing about the bridge over here that we've got, it's like. I still have newspaper articles from the day that they proposed both the Golden Gate Bridge and then later the San Francisco-Oakland Bay Bridge. And I've got the original the original things that were sent out by the bridge commissions. It's going to cost this much, and then it's going to be free forever because it's going to pay for itself with you know <laughs> gas tax and all the rest of it. It's not going to be a toll bridge. No, no, no. Oh, never never happen. happen. Yeah. Who was mayor then? Was it Newsom then? I don't know. It's another scammer. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, the uh, the dollar is uh, clearly in a a form of uh, well, not really free fall. In fact, it uh, it went it ticked up a little bit today. Not that it's very significant. Oh. You know, it's like uh, three three cents or something. Uh, but it's uh, it it's definitely. I think it's really concerning. Well, and last since the election of George W. Bush, we went from being you know I think the Canadian dollar was like seventy five cents, and now this Canadian dollar is worth more than the American dollar. All in one with one president. I, I don't I, want to blame I, him. I, you know, I, it's interesting you said that this should be front page news um, because it probably should be. I think you're right. That Americans really don't understand, particularly Americans who haven't been out of the country ever, don't really understand what it means you know, for the euro to be at 140 or 147 or what, no, no, 142 or whatever it is right now. Yeah. Um, it could hit $2. Uh, I hate to think about that. I really do. I think Why, if it, your if, money, you're, you're all locked up in euros, aren't you? Or Swiss francs. 
among among many currencies, John. Why just stop there? I like to divest a little bit. I have to go back to the article I did. I did a blog article on this. Bill Gates about two years ago said he was getting out of dollars. Well, that, that, and just you go. way yeah. ahead of the game on this. Yeah, and of course, I got to pay more attention to what Bill says. This this amongst uh, uh, a week where in General Mo- General Motors reported a twenty eight billion dollar loss. How do you do that? <laughs> I mean, it's like if you make no cars but have everybody still working. I mean, I still don't think you can lose twenty eight billion. It just makes it's no mystifying. Sense. It's it ha- a lot of money to lose. I know, I know what it is. I think it has to do. You know their money uh, or their business is is actually not even cars, and I think their product shows that it's financing. Financing yeah, is what the automobile business is about, and so I'm sure that this is related to all kinds of financing uh, you know, problems in the financial world. Uh, it has to be related to that, so I'm I'm pretty sure that's where it's coming from. So they they too, uh, you know, maybe they uh, they are also part of the subprime problem. Is subprime only for mortgages on homes? Can it also be for car loans and leasing and stuff? Well, the car loans, they don't have subprime necessarily, but they have these deals where you have to pay zero interest for 24 months and things right. like that. It could have something to do with it. Yeah. I mean, but, the, you, know, these banks, you know, these bankers, even though they do the car loan, they do a lot more than that. I mean, they're, they, you know, these guys are doing cross deals all the time. Say, so why don't you get in on our deal? You know, we'll, we could use a couple billion from you. I mean, who knows? I mean, I'd like to see somebody who out there or, or have a friend. I've got a lot of bookkeeper friends that have somebody actually look at the GM numbers and tell me what happened. What happened? Where did they lose that money? Because that, of course, is is almost not to be found anywhere in any reporting, unless I guess you go look on a Bloomberg terminal. The story is GM lost twenty eight billion. That's all. There's, no one's doing any reporting anymore. No, the reporting is over. It's it really is. It, the reporting is just over. It's all about headlines and opinion. It's really, well. It's the reason it's down. over, I have to tell you this, is that it's not cost effective anymore. To do real news reporting? No, because you, nobody pays you f- to do it. <laughs> if you can't write a headline, I'm not interested in your news. It's, it's essentially, the reporters are underpaid. They, don't, they, don't, they, they have too much to do. And then the ones that are real productive, they don't get extra money. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of problems with the whole scene. I, it's just uh, they don't know what's important. And a lot of people can't. You know, It's also difficult to do reporting if, you, if you're starting from square zero. In other words, uh, you don't know anything about the topic. And, and the way the J schools have cranked out journalists over the years is, is to keep them from being specialists. They tend to be generalists. Oh, wasn't that supposed to be – you're supposed to have a beat and you're supposed to be on the beat and know everything the beat about thing, the beat? The, the beat thing, yeah, but it's, the beats aren't like as specific as they once were. I mean in the olden days, if you were an AP reporter and you had a police beat, uh, say you were in Albuquerque, you'd actually be in the police station. I mean, people were actually hanging out with the cops. I mean, then they would know really know a lot of stuff in great detail. Or if somebody has a technology beat, it's a little better if they actually know something about technology. Is but what they'll do now is take some guy out of J school and he knows how to report. He can write, and they give him a technology story or a technology beat, and he's down in Silicon Valley and basically being bamboozled yeah, every right. time he turns around because he doesn't know that the, the games that these jokers play. And I was actually going to say that in particular, I'm I'm really getting down. Yourself, of course, excluded, John. I'm really getting down on uh, on tech reporting. It re- it's really, it's just all so speculative, full of opinion, lots of lack of knowledge, particular technical knowledge. If I he- if I read one more story about um, 
you know, like uh, open social, you know, show me the API already, you know, stop, you know, the story is now well, about. Well, that's actually kind of what, that kind of bothers me. I mean, I'm a, I am an opinion writer, so I mean, you're going to get a lot of opinions from me, but I try not to like, I don't get on a bandwagon of vaporware. Yeah. Somebody says they're going to do this, that, and the other thing, and they say well, it'll be out in 2009. Why, why am I getting excited? Yeah. This sounds like they don't know what they're doing. It's going to get out in 2009. If they knew what they were up to, they, why isn't it out now? I'm tell, you know what? I, actually, I, uh, I had a, a discussion with Ron earlier today. I said the marketplace is so fucking crazy. It's so stupid. News reporting is so stupid. I suggested, and I think actually Richard Brewer-Hay has taken it to the PR firm. I said, why don't we put out a release... Because, you know, there's a couple things going on here. First of all, Reuters reported two days ago uh, that they expect online advertising revenue to double by 2011. Uh, 2011. Right. Uh, and I think it actually probably could be more. But let, let's just say I it, think it it's going to triple. Okay, triple. So that's, and you know, it's Reuters. So, hey, of course it's true. Um, then you have the writer strike. And there's lots of people going, you know, endless, complete nincompoop discussion and and non-knowledge of what is really going on and and just not understanding anything about it all people talking about is television industry will come crashing down it may very well but that's beside the point i think that it's a perfect time for us to do a press release and say hey wow you know um it's really true what reuters is saying because now with the writer strike, we're seeing the value of RFPs from media buying companies almost double, which, by the way, is true. I, I don't know if it's related, but I bet you I could get some real serious ink with a story like that. If you had the right public relations agency, you could make a lot of hay with that concept. Let's try that. Let's try it next week. I think we should really go for it. Well, it's doable. It's a media hack. I think we can do it. I, th- I think people will jump for it. Any, well, I mean, anything it's, it's, to jump on the writer strike story. Anything a new angle. They need a new angle for the writer strike story. The writer strike story is, it needs a new angle so badly that the story is already dead. <laughs> and and the, and I'm watching the YouTube channel. Less and less writers are picketing by the day. <laughs> you know how they start off and everyone's there and the showrunners, who are you know that's Hollywood speak for the producers, and right. it's and it's dwindling and. I feel bad because this is, I think it's going to be, well, we talked about it last week, but it's going to be a long haul. It's, uh, it's, it's really, you know, Jack Myers, do you ever read Jack Myers? You know who he is? Yeah. Okay. So he's, uh, he's writing about this almost every single day. And in his, one of his, I don't know if it's today or yesterday's email column, which I guess you can find at jackmyers.com, uh, he really breaks it down as to how impossible this is because... You know, it's not about a percentage of a of a physical sale of something. It's about this really smoky business called advertising, and you know where is the cost and where is the profit? You know, when when you have a a, a DVD, it's kind of clear. You know, costs uh, ten cents, <laughs> sell it for twenty four dollars, give the writer you know five cents. Um, but when it comes to advertising, it's mm, I don't know. I don't I don't think you can. If they want a percentage of something, they'll wind up with nothing. That's the Hollywood system. Yeah, no, they'll get screwed. I th- I, that's the reason I kind of was against this, this strike. I, I was thinking that until you see solid numbers that you can actually play with and work with and see where you're getting screwed, as opposed to this nebulous, we're getting screwed, but we're not absolutely sure how. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't blame them for being a little paranoid because they've been getting screwed left and right, you know, every t- chance you get. But at the same time, 
doing something like this prematurely, I think, is going to leave leave them open for a, a kind of a scam. Jack Myers had a pretty interesting suggestion. He said, you know, all of the, the advertising agencies who, um, you know, the advertising agency business is pretty pretty spectacular. Um, you know, client comes in, they say, how much you want to spend on advertising? We're going to spend $100 million. Okay, so standard practices, the agency takes 15%, so that's $150 million, and all the rest they pass through to the media outlets, and, you know, they buy the, the spots. And from that $150 million, they have to come up with the creative. Well, big fucking deal. You know, there's enough money there to come up with the creative. Um, the idea was, is for the media purchasing agencies to actually put together a fund of 1% of their 15 to pay, you know, and then divvy that up amongst the writers. You know, at least you'll have a finite amount of money, right? Something that you can actually look at and say, all right, we're going to divvy this up in this manner and not some smoky number of what, what the advertising is being sold for because it's unaccountable almost. And I thought that was a pretty interesting idea. It'll never happen, of course, but it would be a way out. Yeah, well, it won't happen. You're right. Now, the one thing that I sent you some email about this, one of our, our in fact, our, my little blogging community got, uh, uh, came up with, I guess, this, one of the subtext gossip pieces floating around the net suggests that the producers and the networks don't want the writer's strike to end because the season this year is such a disaster yeah. that they can just let the season get killed by the writers and then they can blame them. Which they will. They totally will. Ah, well, whatever. I'm sick of this story. Well, it's like, yeah, you, well, you're right. It's a dead story already. <laughs> it's a dead story. I'm sorry. I'm just sick of it. So I watched Letterman last night, which, you know, I guess is not really on the air. That must have been a repeat. I'm thinking it was. I never saw it before, though, and it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> Remember uh, we talked two weeks ago about uh, uh, Linda Stein, ex-wife of Seymour Stein, the uh, manager to the Ramones, who got oh, right. bludgeoned to death? Yeah. Well, turns out it was her assistant. Um, oh. She was... <laughs> this is a great I'm story. I'm glad you're following this story. Well, <laughs> it pops up on my news radar. Uh, her, <laughs> so she, she's 62, this Linda Stein, and, uh, and you know, she's still got the, the same attitude she, she had when she was managing the Ramones. And uh, so she comes in, and she's yelling at her assistant as usual and blows a, apparently a big cloud of reefer smoke into her face. <laughs> and then this, uh, this assistant, this girl picked up uh, what they're calling a, a yoga stick. I'm not quite sure what a yoga stick is. Huh. And she thinks that she basically hit her six or seven times. <laughs> and that will do it. Well, she was defending herself. I think, so. I think she has a case, certainly for temporary insanity. Everyone knows yeah. how crazy Linda was. A blast was. Of, uh, of dope smoke and boom, anything can happen. You've seen it in the movies. So this is kind of interesting. I was just looking at uh, AOL News. And, you know, so everything that's going on in the world, the top stories right now. Cop named suspect in wife's vanishing. Stocks plunge again on credit worries. Whose face was behind the mask? Musical code found in Da Vinci painting. Arrest and realtor to the stars slaying. What the hell is going on, people? <laughs> this isn't news. It's entertainment tonight, except for that one story. Yeah, about the dollar. No, about the art. What was that again? Oh, oh, you mean about uh, the Da Vinci painting that the guy mirrored the Da Vinci painting? Is that it? No, was there a was there somebody said there was like a painting underneath a painting somebody got? I mean, there's always the stories about some guy goes to a flea market, 
market and buys a painting for 10 bucks and underneath it there's like you know a, a monet well the, now there's there's a couple stories um the one that caught my eye was so you have the uh, the last supper and someone by accident uh super uh superimposed the same painting a picture obviously re- uh, reversed mirror image on top of it and now they found this like you know all these like a a, a very carefully constructed uh, musical staff of him to God, which is, you know, and it goes in this whole, I mean, people of course are saying, well, that's just coincidence or whatever, but eh, there's always something, there's always something cool with Da Vinci. Uh, the guy was smart. Keep well, me guessing. Well, he like to do a lot of stuff backwards, so that's possible or something. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. But that painting's been so beat up over the years that it's like the original is so gone. Yeah. There's a lot of good, you know, there's a lot of good, um, documentaries about that thing in fact it's, I don't even think they let you see it anymore what do you mean they don't let you see it it's, you know it's in the hold up in this in this on this wall someplace and they've been trying to fix it or they're trying to protect it there's a I don't know if you can you go see it anymore I don't know if you can let, if they let you, the, the public see it anymore do they isn't that in the Louvre no, not no. no. The thing's still on the wall in some church. Oh no, that's right. No, no, no. Of course, the Mona Lisa is in the Louvre. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and there was they, they. You're right. There is. They did think there was something behind it or some fresco that might have been put in place. I don't know. No, well, actually, Gallery HD had a uh, one of my favorite channels. I've talked to you about this before. Anyone who has the Dish Network should check it out. It's uh, on that Voom HD that they bought. Anyway. They have a special on the, uh, the the kind of the whole story of this of this painting and how they're trying to f- keep it from deteriorating because it was a fresco and it was you know it wasn't really built to last, and um, you know it was built to last a hundred years maybe but not forever, and um, it's very fa- interesting. But the thing has just apparently been ri- worked on and screwed up. It's just a mess. Anyway. Yeah. But if you can go, I don't. I I was under the impression that they they're not letting people see it for a while. For some reason, well, I remember they had that with the Night Watch, uh, Rembrandt's Night Watch, which hangs in the the Rijksmuseum in uh, in Holland. I, I think I was I was probably like twelve or thirteen, and someone you know hopped over the the velvet rope and slashed it with a knife, and it took no, yeah, I remember years that. to repair. Yeah, and, uh, right. I, I remember that being quite shocking as a child. Like, wow, why would anyone do something fucked up like that? Well, you know, the Mona Lisa when I first saw it in the Louvre in nineteen seventy three. Uh, it didn't. It not only didn't have a crowd, but it didn't have any guards, and it, it was just there. It yeah. was like it wasn't covered in glass or bulletproof glass like it is now. If you go there now, there's a big crowd around it, and it's got the thing is it behind bulletproof glass or something like that. <laughs> nice. And it's like it's kind of taken a lot of the charm away. And I remember also that same year again, '73. I'm in England, floating around, and I went to Stonehenge. And back then, there was nobody at Stonehenge, and you could go sit on the stone. I remember that. I, when I was um, 11, my dad took me to London, and uh, then we took a trip out to Stonehenge. Indeed. And I didn't even know that you couldn't sit there anymore. It's all blocked off, right? Yeah, you can't even touch him. You can't even get close to him. It's all blocked off. That's not right. And what's weird about it, though, here's what's weird about it. This always reminds me of the Antonioni movie, Blow Up. And the one scene in that movie, which is always really kind of, I think, one of the more interesting scenes, there's a guitar scene. The guy plays and playing this guitar in this crazy audience is going nuts. And the guy throws the guitar into the audience and everybody goes crazy trying to grab the guitar. 
one guy gets, he starts running and running and running. People are running, 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 running after him, trying to grab the guitar. He finally outraces everybody, and they all disappear in the back. He's got the guitar, looks around. Nobody's there. throws the thing away. <laughs> of course. <laughs> right. And, you know, Stonehenge, when I went to see it the first time, there was nobody there. I mean, it was like me, a couple of cows, and, the, and some, you know, a and couple some guys druids. I was with. And it was uh, nothing. And then... Uh, if you go now, it's a huge, there's a big parking lot, there's a million people, because now that they made it precious, uh, you can't, uh, you know, you, it is crowded. Not really crowded, but it's crowded enough that it's different. And then the Mona Lisa was the same way. You could just go by, casually look at it, it was kind of neat. But now there's a big crowd around it. It's, it's, the public is crazy. Here it is. GM attributed the third quarter loss to a, I'm sorry, 38 Point thirty-eight point six billion non-cash. Get your calculator, John. Non-cash charge, largely related to establishing a valuation allowance against accumulated deferred tax credits in the U.S., Canada, and Germany, as well as mortgage losses at GM's former financial arm, GMAC Financial Services. Ah, uh, there's that mortgage. But accounting rules require that companies expecting to keep losing money cannot keep carrying deferred tax credits indefinitely and must write down their value. So that what they did is they just decided to take the hit now and they think the dollar's at the lowest it's, it can possibly be. It probably would have been, you know, it could have been a lot more, I guess. Well, that's actually a pretty good move. And it's funny here. It says, <clears throat> what might be considered more troubling for GM, though, is continuing losses in its home market. <clears throat> so here's the, here's the real losses. It reported a net loss from continuing operations of 247 million without the charge for the latest quarter. That compares with a net loss of 667 million in the year ago. So operationally, they actually did better. Huh? Crazy. But the headline, and, I'm, and now I'm, you know, I'm, this is the first time I'm really <clears throat> digging into it. And by the way, what normal fucking human being can understand what all that means? Bean counter. Yeah, <laughs> I have a friend who could get it. But the headline is GM go, loses wow, money. Wow, yeah, that's a good idea. What? Yeah, really. yeah. The headline just goes for the juggler. All right, you got something else for us, John? No, the only other thing is that I I did this column in Market Watch this week, um, and I wrote I talked about this on the Tech Five uh, podcast, Tech Five dot podcast dot com for anyone who doesn't listen to that. Bob, sorry, Pod Show. What a faux pas! <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, don't make anyway. me edit this out. Yeah, tech5.pacho.com. Anyway, um, about I, I just find it peculiar that the U.S. Congress is pounding on Yahoo over this Chinese guy, yeah. while AT&T is like essentially giving up the farm and giving all everybody's email and everything they've got. And now apparently all email can get used by, this, by the intelligence agencies to spy on us. Uh, and which would probably result in some sort of, you know, I'm sure a few people would get busted over one thing or another over time. And it, and it just seems to me that the U.S. Congress is, is concerned more about protecting a Chinese uh, citizen than they are about protecting American citizens. It's just weird. There's, there's, of course, I boiled it down to the fact that as far as I can really tell, I mean, what this is really all about, Tom Lantos obviously didn't get a big campaign contribution from, <laughs> from Yahoo. And, <laughs> and, so now, and now he's, and he's fucking with him. He's, yeah, he's screwing with him. So, you know, why not? He can do it. There's this story. But, shows, you know, but the Yahoo guys, you know, they shouldn't have even been, they should have just said, we refuse to even talk to you guys. You know, you know make them do more. Yeah, I'm right. But you, it's, it's, you're right about the, the AT&T thing. And I, I have an AT&T cell phone. 
And I figure the best thing to do is just spam their echelon system with all kinds of information. Take all of my information. Just please organize it for me and send it back. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> it's like, could you please Keep help me with database. my life? <laughs> yeah, really. Since Windows Vista can't do it. <laughs> There's a story that someone sent me that was in a respected newspaper in the Netherlands, if you can speak of one, um, about two young kids, two Dutch kids, not young, 24, and they went on a, a backpacking tour of the States, and they planned to you know, spend a couple months, and they were uh, on their way down to Mexico hitchhiking, and because uh, I think one of them became sick, and so they, you know, they stayed in a little longer than they expected to, so actually their tourist visa had expired. And a state trooper pulls over and says, hey, where are you guys going? Oh, we want to just go down to the border. And he says, hey, no problem. And, uh, but then um, Border Patrol showed up, and they got thrown into jail <laughs> for six weeks and were interrogated, were put in uh, isolation cells, were not allowed to call a lawyer or any type of legal representation. Completely nuts. Where did this take place? Um, near Mexico. Hold on, let me see if I can find the... Uh, I'm on my other computer here, of course, which makes it hard to, to find. Hold on. This, you know, it, it, it'll, hopefully this will hit uh, some U.S. newspapers, because this is a really good story. Yeah, horrific backpacking story in the U.S. Let me see. So, what what would be what would I look it up in if I was going to go to Google? This is bloggable. Well, hold on. Why don't I? Uh, I'll Skype you the link right now. Hold on. Here it comes. Uh, how, oh, how do I do that here? How do I use Skype? I've clearly forgotten. <laughs> Wait a minute. I have. <laughs> don't know how to fucking do this. So, I want to mention to people out there. I was calling you earlier. And you have, I don't know, maybe you can't use Skype, you say, but you have call forwarding on Skype. So when I called you using Skype, it called your cell phone. Yeah, that was pretty trippy. Are you, are you paying for that? Yeah, yeah you have to use uh, Skype out. So you, it's okay. just a forward. Okay, this happened. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Miriam, she's 35, he's 29. They're both from Amsterdam. Uh, September 2nd, 2006, they uh, came to the States well, let's take. Wait, I'm going to explain are, to people out there who are listening. There's a photo here in this uh, in this newspaper of the two of them. She's like a white blonde. She's a milf. Woman. She's a milf. A, yeah, milf. And he's just a normal looking character. He's, he's a milf seeker, John. Milf seeker. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> but it's not like they are a couple of Arabs. <laughs> no. Hold on, let me see. Uh, where the hell did it happen? I'm just reading through this. Um, oh, Texas, of course. Uh, they were on their way uh, to Mexico. I'm just translating on the fly. A Texas sheriff stopped us because we we're hitchhiking. The girl says the sheriff was really nice. He asked us where we wanted to go, wanted to drop us off. Just at that very moment uh, that we were putting our backpacks in the back of his car, a border control agent uh, <clears throat> came up. And they were taken away to what they call is a heavily armed jail in the middle of the desert. Four months they were there. I'm sorry, four months. Oh, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, hold on a second, hold on. They told them they would be there for four months. I'm sorry, I'm translating on the fly, John. It's kind of hard. Let me just translate it for you. I can do this. Okay, so the girl says, how long is it going to take? They said four months. Of course, uh, that shocked us. Just before we were separated... Uh, Wesley said, don't worry, I'll get a lawyer. But Wesley uh, landed half-naked in an isolation cell 
uh, of two by three meters after he had undergone a, a psychological test, which he had answered incorrectly. After a couple... <laughs> That's what it says. He answered incorrectly. <laughs> incorrectly. It's what it says. After, after a couple of days, he got a T-shirt, and after a week, a book. Uh, once in a while, they'd let him take a shower while shackled. During the day, he tried to sleep uh, because the guards uh, would uh, spend their nights yelling and screaming, keeping everybody up. Wesley was in the uh, ISO cell for four weeks because they had forgotten him. Um, the two never uh, received uh, a lawyer or legal, uh, legal help. No one ever read them their rights. They were not even allowed to make a phone call. They got a uh, basically jail clothing, a piece of toilet paper, and a toothbrush, which combined with a compass and a rubber knife. I mean, let's be honest. What else do you need? Uh, Miriam uh, shared a cell with more than 80 women. The bathrooms and showers were open, and cameras were hanging everywhere. They were not allowed to go into fresh air. Uh, the first couple of days, Miriam uh, was just sobbing uh, uncontrollably. Uh, later, she really wanted to be in an isolation cell because it was so crazy in the cell she was in. After six weeks, Wesley got out. A miracle, he says. Through friends in the States, he was able to also get Miriam out and to the Netherlands. They will not be visiting the States anytime soon. <laughs> Here it is. Uh, Wesley says, We love the nature. But the American society makes me want to puke. Everywhere that American flag, it looks like Nazi Germany. Right. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's, and this is coming from people from fucking Amsterdam. Okay? Where there's a lot of Sodom and Gomorrah going on. Well, the whole story is weird. This story has to be, somebody's got to do this story. Well, that's because what, I mean. You there you go. It just doesn't make any sense. The whole story doesn't make any sense. What do you mean? It's, it's an accounting of what happened to them. I mean, no, but I mean, but there's no rationale for it. This is like cost the taxpayers money to even do this. I mean, what's the point of it? Well, and it sounds like there's a lot of people in these jails in the desert, whatever it is, where you get no lawyer. That's pretty messed up. Well, the whole thing is, is fishy. Well, it's from the uh, Algemeen Dagblad. And uh, I have been interviewed by them many, many times. I have to say, they're reasonable in the reporting. Uh Doesn't mean that they did the research or checked it out, but I'm sure that this is the story these two told. They reported it exactly like that. But I think it's a big one. I think it's uh, that's a good story. Yeah, it's a damn good story, and it hasn't picked up over here at all. Mm. Huh? I haven't seen. I'll I'll blog it, and then I'll. It's worth looking into because it's unique. Excellente. Because you have to assume that this is not there. I mean, these are just a blonde girl and a backpacker. Well, he looks kind of Asian. I think that's fishy. You think he looks a little Asian? Don't you think so? Don't you think he looks a little Asian? Maybe Suriname or something? Let me blow up the picture. I'm blowing it up here, too. Yeah. Let me see. Oh, and now they're suing. They want to sue America, of course. Oh, they should sue. Yeah. uh, That's one thing we got going here. First, they have to... Oh, before they, they have, could... They, have, they, shouldn't be, they should just be suing the local authorities, whoever it was that let this happen. Well, here's what the story says. The it guy's says, goofy looking. Yeah, I'd but, throw him in the cell, too. Fuck him. Well, what I would say, I mean, he's, what's he doing with his... The, the blonde's kind of cute. Yeah, so. she's kind of cute. So he said um, the, they first had have to sue the Dutch state for negligence of letting them rot without 
without I'm sure that there's a lot of backstory that's not in here, dude. That's for sure. Yeah, it's probably be a good story to uncover. And if it's uh, if it's if it's full of shit, then there goes my uh, there goes the well, status of this, know, of this newspaper. But it, it, it sounds it's, it's, a, it's a legit paper. Uh, I read this paper. That's how I came Some, up. With the story. You know who would know that if this actually happened would be that sheriff that let him get picked up by the other agency. That's the yeah, that's the key. Maybe that was maybe that was his deal all along. I mean, all of a sudden, so there. He's putting them in the car, and then all of a sudden the Border Patrol shows up. I mean, honestly. Honestly. When would that happen? How many, sh- how many sheriffs would say, hey, you're hitchhiking. You know, that's illegal. Don't worry. I'll drop you off. Where do you want to go? I just, I just get a short picture of that. Well, actually, hit- hitchhiking is not illegal. But the, um, there's a lot. I've noticed this over in the Berkeley area. There's been a lot more hitchhiking. Mean, not a lot more. I've seen two. But there's been two hitchhikers I've seen recently who are just women, and they look, and they're those tall Dutch-looking women. I think Dutch come over here, and they just think they can hitchhike. Yeah, what the fuck? Don't hitchhike here, you Dutchies. Get out of here. <laughs> are you nuts? Are you, don't stand near that building hitchhiking. It can fall on you any moment now. You know, it doesn't cost that much for a bus ticket. <laughs> oh, all right. I, I think uh, I might be I think spent. we're done. Yeah, I think we're done, too. All right. Well, hey, John, it was good seeing you this week. I'm, I'm glad we didn't eat once, but twice. That's a big deal. Yeah. Okay. We didn't get to do the freebie <laughs> stuff, but it was okay. No, it's all right. No, this was good. It's all, you, you've, you've got an excellent palate, my friend. I, I like following uh-huh. it. I like following it around. Well, there it goes now. Hey. All right. Okay, that's it for No Agenda. I'm sure we'll do another one uh, somewhere around uh, next Friday uh, from the yeah. Curry Condo in San Francisco. I'm Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. The best and the brightest served up daily by the sharpest minds in content delivery, pod show, and limelight.